0: Hi guys, this is episode four of the Quasar Quanology. This is your co-host, Mike L. And I'm your other co-host, Joshua Murr. All right, and today we are reviewing The Incredible Hulk, number 232, 233, and 234 from Marvel Comics. Um, Both of them, or sorry, all three of them are co-written by Roger Stern, and the first one... Mm -hmm. He writes it with David McColini of Spider-Man and Iron Man fame, and all three issues are drawn by Sal Busema and inked by three different people, which we'll talk about as we go. So let's just so this is the, this is the fourth episode, but this is the second uh, group of comics that you and I have reviewed, uh, right. featuring Quasar. <laughs> um, so let's just talk about first impressions, especially compared to the um, the issues of. Captain America that we read what's your first impression of this of these comics
1: um it definitely has I feel a little bit of a different feel to it um the first comic I think the first issue uh 232 kind of has a similar feel and I wonder if that has to do with the fact that Captain America and the Falcon are actually in it okay but I think that after the the next two issues kind of have a different feel to it and I think it might just be how um the writers write the hulk sure <laughs> and how different it is com- comparatively uh the artist uh, is pretty similar i'd say and and um
0: yeah well you know here's the thing i mean obviously the two biggest differences are first is the writers right like the, the mm-hmm. other comics were, were co-written by roy thomas and these are mainly written by roger stern who is also the primary writer we'll be focusing on in our Spider-Man podcast for a good reason. Um, right. He's one of the more popular writers of the eighties. And um, I think what, I, what I've come to realize is that it it's almost like, you know, once you get to the seventies and eighties, obviously at some point everyone was sort of writing like Stan Lee, but now we're, what is this? This is 1978, 78? 78. So, yeah. the, you know, Stan Lee is now about eight to 10 years in the past. At this point, most Marvel mm-hmm. writers are writing sort of in a similar way, but I think, I I, I think Roger Stern. I, I'm not saying he's sort of leading the way because it might have been Chris Claremont, but since Chris Claremont is sort of known for all of his, um, you know, eccentric, eccentricities, that I think Roger Stern is almost. I, I don't want to say your um, base Marvel writer, but he's kind of. You know what I mean? He's kind of, I don't, and I hate to use the word generic because he's not generic, but he's sort of like the standard Marvel good writer at that time. Put it that right. way. right? Yeah. And so, and this is, you know, when I think of Spider-Man, I think of Roger Stern. When I think of uh, Captain America, I think of Roger Stern. So my impression reading this was, I don't necessarily think I have as much to say about these comics as I did the other ones, but I did find them better written. What do you think? Right.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think I'd agree with that. Um, this one, I, I think I had more fun reading, uh, the other, ca- the Captain America comics. Sure. Where this one did feel like more of a generic Hulk story. Okay. I mean, even down to, um, like Quasar or Marvel Man in this, I okay. felt c- kind of was like, you know, didn't have much of a part and just felt, I don't know, it, it felt, it, it was good, but I think that, um, there was something lacking for me.
0: Okay, now, I guess the thing is, is you know, I can read any comic, but right, the lead character does, you know, factor in in some way. And my, I have never been a fan of the big dumb Green Hulk. You know, like I grew yeah. up on the Hulk TV show. I love that TV show. I like mm-hmm. the 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 Gray Hulk written by Peter David. This Hulk is not my favorite. I mean, I'll read it for fun, but I really don't like this third-person dumb uh you know version of the yeah Hulk. what do you think i,
1: I would 100 percent agree and i think maybe that's maybe that's where my um disdain is like is, is coming from <laughs> yeah where, where you know my my kind of reluct, reluctant to say that i would like recommend these comics sure is the fact that the the main character is kind of it kind of almost feels like a background character Yes, because because all of the real dialogue is coming from everybody else, and I don't think that we're given enough time with the other characters to enjoy them to like and then follow their story.
0: Okay. Well, I I guess the thing with the Hulk and this is the thing is again I love Silver Age Superman, but I never mm-hmm. liked. Are you familiar with Bizarro, the original Bizarro? Yes. Sort of the same thing. Yeah. Like I, I can stomach any. 1960s Superman concept like Crypto the Wonder Dog and, <laughs> you know, uh, the, I love the bottle city of Kandor and all that, but I right. just can't take Bizarro's dialogue, you know, um, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I guess, the, <laughs> and again, I don't want to analyze these too much, but when you have a character speaking in third person... it. It, it, it suggests a level of an intellect that then is completely contradicted by other parts of his speech. And right. I hope I have an example in here somewhere. And if I don't, I'll try to find one, but it just seems like if they were just completely pull that out um, and just make him speak like a normal person, he could have been just as cool, right? Like, or he would have been much better, much cooler.
1: Yeah. I yeah. I 100% agree. Um, I think, uh, I think of the three comics, I think I've said, I've said this before, but of the three comics, I think the first issue was the best by far. Okay. Um, and I think that has to do with the fact that he, Hulk was part of a team. Sure. Okay. And and he, he had Cap and Falcon and Marvel Man there with him. And it felt like even right from the beginning, we were following Captain America more than we were Hulk. Yes. And, and kind of you know and and I think that's that's what made it a little bit more digestible for me uh-huh. reading the dialogue and and getting into the story um, because it felt more of like a team rather than following the story of this like giant green caveman
0: Well you know what's what's interesting about Marvel comics of, of this time is that a lot of times they would start like a writer would be writing a series okay let's just mm-hmm. say uh, warlock or Whatever Steve Englehart is, is, writing a, is writing Mantis the series that they're writing gets cancelled and so then they've got this dangling plot line they want to finish up so they'll just go take over another comic and put it in there and right. so sometimes you'll be following characters just like Quasar like in this story mm-hmm. you see that he mentions well I'm going to go off and do this other thing and he ends up being kind of like this guard for um, what was it the vault I think mm-hmm. or, or in Project Pegasus and so it, right. it's just interesting because it's almost like this could have been a Captain America comic, Captain America comic with the Hulk as a guest star, right?
1: Right. Yeah, but, it did almost have that feel.
0: Right. Because at the beginning of the story, you, I mean, when I picked this up, I didn't realize it was continued from a Captain America comic, but, mm-hmm. which, you know, which will be reviewed in another episode of, of this podcast, not by us. But, um, right. you know, it's just kind of like, that's just the way the Marvel comics were back then. And I, I personally avoid it now. I can't stand it when they do it now. But I think at the time, I'm a little bit more forgiving of the comics from the 80s just because it was a little bit more innocent, you know?
1: Right. So anyway. Yeah, completely
0: understandable. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, just a, like, you know, there's a couple things I want to talk about specifically about the first issue, 232. Yeah. Um, the art by Sal Busema is great. Uh, the inker mm-hmm. is Mike Esposito. Um, and I thought, you know, I mean, again, I hate to use the word generic, but at this point, Sal Buscema is kind of your standard Marvel artist. He, he's a great storyteller, a little bit, uh, I guess, un- unremarkable. He kind of tends to use the same poses and facial expressions over and over again. Right. But there are some really, really good uh, panels in here like um, on page 13 which in the original comic was page 11 at the bottom right hand page there's a great shot of the Hulk getting pummeled with these rocks.
1: Right. And yeah.
0: you look at the you know like the effort that Busema put into that panel I don't know I, I think it's great. I think he's he again he does tend to use the same expressions but it just so happens that in this panel it's excellent you know.
1: Yeah for sure. Um, um I, yeah. I think that, that there there are a lot of uh parts in this in this issue where I think that the the art really worked and sure. how the panels were laid out especially. Okay. Um uh, specifically the beginning. I don't know why I love I love this so much, but I, I the first splash page is 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 fun. It pulls you right into the comic by yes. like like dropping you right into the action like the and, and it, it, the, your heroes are have been defeated right you know they're they're all unconscious and, and you're you're immediately drawn into the story and how it's going to how they're going to come out of this you know issue and you um, know,
0: yeah and, and and you know what even though we know there's a, a a part before this it doesn't matter i'm still like obviously i'd like to go back and read really it, but yeah i, I just want to jump in and find out what's going on for sure
1: and well so Lately, I've been when I've been reading comics, I've kind of been reading them as if they were storyboards. Okay. Because uh, I've been I've been in the industry for a couple in the animation industry for a couple of years now. Sure. And I've started to work on my storyboarding and editing skills. Sure. And reading this uh, these first couple of pages, especially it like how I was reading it, it, really played out in my head as if it were. A uh, filmed, okay. and, and it was like a TV series, and you were like jumping right back into a cliffhanger episode. Sure, uh, down to the dialogue and how it's written, and um, how the panels are laid out on page two of the uh, original run.
0: Okay, let me see here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, with the, with the, everyone's reactions. Sort of to what's everybody's going
1: on. reactions. It's it's so great, and every single panel is the exact same size. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that too too often sure and it it kind of made me it kind of made like reminded me of like a still so they were just like you know at the beginning of an episode after a a long cliffhanger you're kind of uh doing the previously on and you're showing the you know what happened next or what happened previously with all of your characters yeah and the dialogue is so much fun for the narration sure and it cuts right into the action like like the the dialogue finishes right on the action that's happening at the start of the issue
0: yes yes
1: so so it it ends um with them with with the narrator talking about the the um the two businessmen okay like arguing yep and it says um hard men who even now continue to barter. Yes. And and on the, the barter is on the next page on page 3 right. on the first panel and that's when the, ac- the the actual action of this issue starts which I absolutely love. Before before this page it was all previously, you know, showing you what previously happened. Mm-hmm. So the narration like ends perfectly with with the the, the first panel of the first action You know, you know, first, um, you know, big story point of this issue.
0: It's also interesting that this is not really something you could do in a TV show or movie where you'd sort of hold on people and show them sitting there for five minutes or whatever while you had this narration, right? It's definitely something you could only really do in a book or a comic. And, yeah, and each in each panel, even though it's the same size and the faces are roughly the same size, they're all sort of doing something different, right? Or in different mm-hmm. positions or different whatever states of mind. So, um, it just it's just the variety and the information you get from each panel, and that's why I really criticize certain types of modern comics where um, a lot of artists tend to rely on Photoshop to just they'll they'll draw one face and then they'll duplicate it. Uh, several times in one uh, double page spread or, or whatever you know, I, th- that was done a lot in the first uh, Jessica Jones run mm-hmm. and a lot of people I talked to a lot of younger people did not understand my criticism and I'm like you that's not giving you any storytelling like a, a, f- a photocopy of a face saying something and followed by a different photocopy of a face saying something is not storytelling if you're right. gonna why don't you just erase the head and just have dialogue right like don't read a comic
1: you know right. to me and no that that completely makes sense especially for uh a comics a comic studio that has the time and money and resources to do something new right because as a as somebody who does do a lot of uh digital art yeah um it it, it there are really great shortcuts with reusing stuff mm-hmm. but that's because I'm one person sure doing something like trying to make something on the same scale with that resources I think it's it's and it, it's it's much better to tell the story um, with brand new art each time right right so it, it it I think in some cases it can be forgivable but I feel like in Marvel's case it it shouldn't be
0: yeah well yeah. I think the other thing too is that you know there's the old criticism about well uh, talking okay there's the criticism that talking heads is is the the cheap easy way to do it then there's the counterpoint that really talking heads is good because then it's just you really should just it's sort of uh, if you're just relying on action it kind of becomes melodramatic and childish but let's be clear like this is a superhero comic and ideally we want every panel to advance the story and something to happen in each panel and if nothing's happening what's the point of having it right so, right. But anyway, um, I want to talk about, um, so yeah, the art in this issue is great, but I do want to talk about uh, another quirk of the Hulks that really has always uh, drove me crazy. And I know some people like it, but I can't stand it. And that's his tendency to have nicknames for everybody.
1: Right. Uh,
0: And if you go to page eight, the bottom Mm -hmm. of page eight and then the top of page nine, he calls one guy Fat Man and he calls moonstone metal lady <laughs> right. I'm sorry I don't know I, I've it's annoying I don't think it's funny I don't think it's cute I just think it's idiotic you know I think right. when he was in the Defenders he had a nickname for everyone like he had bird nose and this other I don't know I mean again I can stomach it because it's a 1980s comic but ideally I think it's ridiculous what do you think
1: yeah it's maybe it's just because I've always known Hulk to do that it's, yeah. it never really bo- it never really bothered me reading this issue sure but it's definitely not, it's also not something that I necessarily find charming.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Like it, it's, I don't know, it, like it, maybe it just, just, at this point, it just feels like Hulk. It just felt right when I was reading these issues, but, sure. but yeah, I, I definitely don't necessarily think it's charming all the time. No. Um, especially especially for like it, it might make sense maybe for characters he interacts with all the time right to kind of have like a, a, a fun nickname. nickname but right it for for you know like the giant metal lady or it's it's uh it, it kind of loses its charm when it's constantly there yeah i think
0: yeah i agree um um So, yeah, um, let's talk about Quasar quickly. So, in this issue... Sure, yeah. (laughs) In this issue, he's still Marvel Man. Right. He's still wearing his original costume, which is a variation of Marvel Boys. Right. I don't understand. You know, I kind of forgot about this, but you know that when Marvel Boy was brought back in the 70s, he was called the Crusader. He wasn't even called Marvel Boy. Oh, really? I actually
1: did not know that.
0: So, uh, who knows? Who knows what they're thinking? But anyway... um. He's only in a few panels.
1: Yeah, um, I was going to say, I think he's in maybe, like, besides the intro, yeah. I think he's in maybe three.
0: Yeah, I know. Really, he uh, doesn't really do much.
1: Yeah. I, at first, you were you gave me the the issue to read for, for this episode, and I'm, like, I almost missed him at the beginning. Sure. So, as I was, like, just thumbing through, I was like, is he in this? And I had to, like, yeah. <laughs> try to go and find him. Like, okay, yeah, he's in this. This is the right issue. Okay, we're good. Uh-huh yeah he uh maybe maybe he has uh he had more to do in the the issue that came before this sure but yeah in this one and it, it, it may be just because this one is like finishing off the story he didn't have much to do but yeah we we don't really see him he doesn't even really wake up <laughs> until until the last couple of pages i think uh-huh. um he he stands up to um Moonstone. Yes, and uh, she kind of backs off, and then <laughs> I think he's in. You know, the the last page when uh they're all standing together.
0: Yes, at the bottom of the very ending. Yeah. Come on, let's go home. That cl- that's <laughs> another comic book cliche. There, whatever, we'll forgive them. But yeah, that's, that's right, a, that's a pretty bad cliche. But you know, whatever. I'm still in. I'm still interested. Um, not a great issue, but again, I do think better written than the than the Captain America issues were read by by Roy Thomas yeah. and uh, Ron. What was his name? Ron Glut. I don't remember.
1: Yeah. Uh, it. Yeah. It was Glut. Okay. I guess the the only other thing I would say is at the beginning of the comic, it kind of had that like, um, corny dialogue. <laughs> captain america has like the aw shucks are nuts i think when he, when he gets caught by a uh, moonstone when he wakes up and he grabs his shield i think his line is nuts
0: yes I was like, oh
1: this is a this is like kind of another goofy comic and i felt like uh-huh. you know right at home and i knew exactly what it was and then when senator uh stivak okay or stivak uh when he like self-sacrifices himself at the end sure and he has his, uh, you know, Mister Jackson like shoot him, so he didn't have, so he couldn't go to jail and give up any information. I was kind of shocked. I think it was just because um, it was kind of this like fun poppy, you know, comic.
0: Sure. And
1: then and then it kind of caught me off guard that uh, he he kind of uh, yeah had his friend kill him so he wouldn't give up any information like it, it, it kind of seemed out of place a little bit but
0: well you know it could be the two different writers it could be that could yeah that could that could be true one yeah. inserting goofiness and the other one getting it keeping it serious I'm not sure yeah right yeah
1: but other than that I think that was the the only thing that really uh, stood out as weird to me in, in, in this issue sure yeah
0: all right but, okay yeah, we can move on on to the next one let's see yeah Incredible Hulk 233 featuring Quasar. All
1: right. right. So, um I, you know what, something I didn't talk about last issue. I love on the cover how it says Marvel's TV sensation.
0: Yes, and what's that? I too. love
1: that. I love that. And then in, in, in this one in particular it says side by side with Marvel Man.
0: Yes, Marvel as Man. You, as
1: you just said. Just so yeah, that was I thought that was a lot of fun. And it's so it's so interesting to how fast they started like cross-promoting and advertising for the show because the show had just started sure okay okay i think i like i had just um i looked up when the show actually started okay and it was um the year before in november and this issue came out in february so it was only three months after
0: and the well, show and had they were started there's probably a little bit of promotion before like ideally they were promoting before it came right. out right yeah so i mean it's funny because nowadays the audience for the movies is probably a hundred times bigger than the comics but at the time they probably thought oh we got to let all these kids know that there's going to be a tv show even though nowadays it would be the opposite right Mm -hmm. like everyone would know about the tv show before the comics so yeah but yeah um it's i mean as far as the art um it's 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 not drastically different uh the inking is by what's his name here uh Oh, God. I, you know, it's Chick Stone, but I hope, I hope it's pronounced Chick Stone, not Cheek Stone. I don't know. But he's a classic inker from the 60s. So I think the inking's a little bit better on this one. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed the difference.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely solid. Here's the thing. I like the way it jumps around, and I like the way it touches on these other aspects of the Marvel Universe. Like, um, you know, like before we, ha- we we dealt with S.H.I.E.L.D. And then in this one, mm-hmm. um, he's, you know, they mention like... Um, You know, Quasar sort of mentions in the next one what his next job is going to be. But I like how here they're showing Alcatraz and stuff like that. And I don't know. Just sort of cool, you know?
1: Yeah. uh, I think that uh, there's a lot of, like, fun uh, shared universe, I guess, stuff uh, where they just start referencing other things. And they don't necessarily need to sit you down and explain everything either. It's just like a fun Easter egg if you know what it is. Right. and if you don't, it's, I don't think it necessarily takes any way, thing away from the comic either. Sure. You know, even, even down to the Project Pegasus thing is just kind of like a name drop. They could have said any random gibberish. Right. And, and I think, you know, nobody would have really linked twice about it. But the fact that they did use something real and it's just kind of like a nice reference for the people that do read the other comics
0: right right it's a completely different comic marvel two and one yeah Mm -hmm. um i like i i just want to mention a few things about quasar i love how on page eight in the original comic page six he says um he's talking to this guy and the guy says oh, oh he says to the guy Permission to investigate. Oh, sorry. So I'm talking about Quasar, but at this point he's called Marvel, man. That's important to note. Mm -hmm. So he says, permission to investigate, sir. Granted, but how do you plan to get out there? By star power. My control over my (laughs) Uranian wristbands has increased since you last saw me, sir. Flight is just one of the powers they can give me. Awesome! I love it. Narrating your powers and explaining them isn't that it's great? So
1: good, yeah. It's so cool. That was great. I actually uh, had noted that as well because I thought that was a fun little moment mm-hmm. where he, you know, was just kind of showing off his new power. And uh, I, I, I really like in comics when uh, characters monologue. I think it's kind of fun.
0: Sure, why not? Especially,
1: especially when they do stuff like this. And and I think I think particularly in uh, like comics written like this. Where it is the more fun, yeah, poppy, you know, story.
0: Well, it's also funny because I noticed like when I went back and read uh, Tony Isabella's Black Lightning run, mm-hmm. Black Lightning had a different power every issue. And right. I, I read the entire series and I actually, we interviewed Tony Isabella. And I said, okay, I got a question for you. Where the hell do his powers come from? Because they don't ever explain it. Right. So, so Tony Isabella had to explain, like, yeah, originally it was from the belt, but then then we changed it so it wasn't from the belt. And and I also noticed it when I read um, Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers, where it seemed right. like every three issues her powers completely changed. And so it's like all these characters were sort of slowly being developed as they went along, you know? So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool just seeing them develop all these powers. I mean, it is, right. it's also a little bit convenient, but it's really cool to see it happen.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, too, like... How it works behind the scenes, or how it worked behind the scenes back then with uh, character development. Like, yes. Like how closely they worked, the, the writers worked together to develop the characters and, you know, what they needed the characters to do for their specific stories and how they would connect with others.
0: Sure yeah, so like
1: i I wonder I so like I wonder how much of it was just convenient for this story to to give them flight powers or if it was something down the road that they wanted to build up to so they kind of introduce that here.
0: Well, it's also interesting because the Marvel Two in One story was written by Mark Grenwald and Ralph Malcio. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the this is the same writer who's carrying over the character, right? Right. So either they were they planned it up behind the scenes and they they kind of just they kind of said, "Okay, can you just drop a reference to his powers changing here so that I can use those powers in the next story or whatever?" I have no idea, you're right, but it's pretty mm-hmm. cool though. Like that's yeah. the thing is like people people today it's kind of cool to like disregard continuity, but when it was done right in these days, it was great. I mean, there's there's no downside to continuity as long as you as long as it doesn't harm the story what's wrong with it right like i think it's cool to keep consistency be- between the titles personally yeah so
1: i think uh in this issue quasar kind of comes off a little goofy
0: <laughs> yeah i was about to say yeah <laughs> yeah uh
1: i mean down to down to him like you know monologuing telling uh both the audience and this you know agent about his new powers he uh goes to try to stop the hulk the first time yep and kind of gets foiled when the hulk jump like you know <laughs> rockets out of the water he gets knocked in and he's like all soaking wet now and then when he finally does catch up to the hulk he gets almost immediately thrown into a wall yeah. And defeated again. And Good point. <laughs> uh, the first thing the first thing that happens afterwards is this, you know, little kid comes up to him and teases him about how goofy and dopey his name is.
0: Yes, which I wanted to mention. I'll just read this dialogue here. Are you okay, yeah. mister? Boy, that was some fall. You a superhero or something? Y- yeah, son. I'm called Marvel Man. <laughs> Marvel Man? Boy, what a dopey name. <laughs> but then his response. It's so it great. It is? <laughs> but here's the thing is... Is Marvel Man objectively a dopey name? No, not really. I, I mean, don't think
1: so. Not necessarily compared to any other Marvel hero.
0: I, exactly. You, know, it's, you flip the page and there's two characters named Power Man and Iron Fist. <laughs> are you gonna tell me Marvel Man's not a good name? Come on.
1: Right. Yeah. So, no. It, it. It. I think it also just almost felt like an excuse to change his name to. You know, they're like, how, how how are we gonna, you know, write in that he he has a new name now now that to to you know, sure, distinguish him from the old marvel man or marvel boy mm-hmm. what are we going to do and i mean they even kind of did a little bit of a name drop in this issue because he's describing his powers and he says they, they come from the stars uh, yeah, quasars good
0: point did he say quasars
1: no it's it's right here it's on Look at that, uh page 22 thing. of the original comic okay uh i say you are coming with me and I don't care how strong you are. I can harness the power of the stars, of quasars. Look it's the, the You're third right. panel. You're yeah. right.
0: You're right. Okay. So it's.
1: I think it was kind of a fun little uh, hint at uh, sure. him changing his name in the next issue, which is kind of fun. It is fun. You also,
0: I, I, have to, I have to point out that I do remember years ago reading an interview where John Byrne was kind of talking about jean gray you remember for years jean gray had no uh, code name remember she was jean gray then she was marvel girl then she was phoenix right and then for like 15 years she had no name and i remember john Byrne kind of just saying a matter of fact like as if it was a given well obviously we can't call her marvel girl that's ridiculous uh why not like what's wrong with marvel girl Uh, what's wrong here's another one what's wrong with beast boy there was a period where Beast Boy was called the Changeling for like 10 or 15 years. He was called the Changeling. And it it was sort of just, it was like Marv Wolfman treated it like it, treated it like it was self-evident that Beast Boy was a stupid name. So what happens when Teen Titans is adapted into a cartoon? What do they do? They call him Beast Boy. Right. Because, you know, it's just more, I mean, Changeling is a cool name, but uh, Beast Boy is more superhero-y, right? That's what I think anyway.
1: Yeah, Changeling, I, I think, I think, uh, beast boy just has maybe maybe it's because i'm used to beast boy but changeling kind of uh beast boy has like a more heroic classic superhero ring right. to it, or changeling could it changeling could be a hero but could also be a villain right I thought, like it kind of has that you know yeah beast boy I, I can't really see as being anything else but a hero
0: and Beast Boy is, like you said, it's more classic. Changeling is a little bit yeah. more serious. I'm not going to say it's pretentious to call him Beast or to call him Changeling, but the, the justification for it is ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. come on, he's a superhero. He's got green skin. He's dressed in red and white. Who cares? Beast Boy's <laughs> fine. Marvel Man's fine. Well, Quasar's fine too. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The reasoning's ridiculous. Okay. So uh, we good with that issue? What do you think? On to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Okay, Incredible Hulk two thirty four Marvel's TV sensation, battleground Berkeley. Uh, this issue is inked by Jack Abel, another classic Marvel artist. I don't like the inks as much.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it. It, it feels like I mean the cover in particular kind of feels dark and heavy-handed. The the, the ink.
0: You know what I. I'm going to guess the the cover is inked by someone else just because it looks almost like, oh, I was, I was, no, you know what? I don't want to brag, but I knew it. It's Al Milgram. Do you know Al Milgram?
1: I, I, the the name is familiar, but I'm like, I can't put the work to the name.
0: He's a very famous Marvel editor, mostly at the time. Editor, he did Marvel fanfare and a bunch of other things. Okay. Um, I won't go into his whole story. I'll just say that he's sort of notoriously known as a bad artist. He drew right. Secret Wars two. Uh, he actually had a really, he had a fairly like a year long Hulk run in between John Byrne and Peter David. Okay, I, it was not good. Um, <laughs> but and you know, as a kid, I sort of, I was sort of forgiving of him because I just grew up with him, so I liked his art. But he's really not a great artist, mm-hmm. and you can see by this cover, it's not particularly right. good. But anyway, um, mm. yeah, the inside art, um, again, same pencil, but different inker, and this sh- sort of shows. The difference an inker can make it just looks more almost childish eh? yeah like simplistic i don't know
1: yeah it does kind of have more of like a simple style compared to the last two
0: Mm -hmm. um Hmm. so we're introduced to like i just want to point out we're introduced to this character who the hulk remembers and again this is another this is steeped in marvel continuity where so we're introduced to this woman. What's her name?
1: <laughs> Trish.
0: Trish. And basically, she flashes back and reveals everything that's happened to her since the last <sighs> time the Hulk star. Yeah. Um, usually I skip these things. Like, well, sometimes when we make comic, these things piss me off and I just skip over them. But I, this one was, I thought it was sorry, delightful. God. What do you think?
1: Really? I, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't like it very much. <laughs>
0: okay. I,
1: I don't know why. It, was, it just, to me, felt so heavy-handed. Yeah, and like it, it also it wasn't important or relevant to the story
0: I'll give you that they could have skipped right over it but
1: they really could like it could have been you know just said in one line like uh, showing us Hank <laughs> Hank Pym saving her and then later on coming and helping her as Yellow Jacket Yeah, <laughs> and then you know all the stuff with Doctor Strange and her mind being taken over because she's you know got into mysticism and <laughs> did tarot readings well, like it's just so you know
0: re- like all she had to do is say I've been busy and then we can I mean yeah, yeah, Who really. read those stories knows and then <laughs> anyone doesn't who cares right yeah I know
1: that yeah. probably spanned what one two three like like almost three pages uh-huh <laughs> it, it's just kind of just silly
0: I gotta give a couple samples of this um yeah monologue here okay yeah
1: oh yeah for sure
0: so uh, so much has gone down since we last saw each other after you took to the hills to write I hit the road and went wherever it led me but things didn't stay free and easy for long. You see, I had this genius uncle who, well, went mad in a way. (laughs) He tracked me down with plans to siphon off the energy force of my brain to power his crazy machines. Like, you you stop right there. That's beautiful right there. Come on. That's why I enjoy it because I love these casual references to these insane ideas. Like, the the level of writing is really no much better than like a soap opera, but it's just so crazy the things they're referring to. I just love it, you know? It it
1: almost reminds me of... um the monologues that michael pena's character would make in the ant-man movies
0: yeah i could see that where
1: where it kind of has just like this ridiculousness to it where there's so much like unimportant information being told to get to to get to the final part. like it's and it's and it's so much coming at you so fast sure like in in the in the one page she she's like probably half a page she reveals that her uncle is a crazy mad scientist who took over her mind hank pym had to come and save uh save her she ran into this superhero that uh that you know she she used to know beforehand and also she lost her arm in an explosion (laughs) that her uncle like just so much happens in four panels i know it's like how how did you like i don't know it's just it's just so ridiculous i yeah reading this i was like what what is happening why is this happening
0: but i think that's why again it is ridiculous but uh, i'll take this over most modern (laughs) comics any day because so much is happening and it's it it is ridiculous but i can forgive it you know you know that's that's
1: true i'd i'd rather something be ridiculous like this than be boring and mundane. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely give you that. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, okay, this brings me to my next point <laughs> I wanted to talk about. So she okay. finishes her monologue. She's talking, talking, talking. And so she says to the Hulk and this other guy, now, come on, you two must be starved. And I'm thinking, at this point, I'm completely, okay, I, I, I'm like, I don't want to say I'm taken out of the story, but I'm like, okay, what is going is the hulk just a regular guy like are they treating him like just a regular guy like, yeah. like again i'm not overly familiar with the hulk of this period but he's kind of just walking around he's always got his purple pants on right I, I was
1: and- i was going to ask the same thing yeah because he doesn't he doesn't ever turn back into bruce banner even when he goes to sleep later on in the the story like he just is always the hulk
0: right well, I think this was the status quo for a while because I remember in the, he was in the he was in the Defenders, and I don't think he really turned back to Bruce Banner much then either. So obviously, right. I'm not again. I'm not overly really familiar with this um, era of the Hulk, but definitely not my favorite version of the character. But still, a lot of fun, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I would agree. <sighs> I think I think later on, um, his friend said like drops a line like i think trish asks why he hasn't turned back into bruce banner and he says something like oh he's got a lot of anger built up still yeah like it's gonna take it's gonna he doesn't turn back into bruce banner until all of his anger is just exhausted and he's got lots of anger so uh, that's just such a weird way to describe like to explain why he hasn't turned back yet
0: kind of a, a kind of an excuse i mean it's ridiculous yeah. right like come on
1: Hey, you spent you spent you know all these panels talking about trish's weird backstory and then you just like quickly skim over the fact that <laughs> Bruce Banner hasn't returned in a while the Hulk's still sticking around
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's just, it's like you know it's a good point it's, it's all it's it's like you said it's like the Hulk isn't even really the main character in a way right we spent all this time on this woman Trish and I don't even know who the hell she is and how important yeah. is she in the future? I have no idea, but whatever.
1: Yeah, like like all the dialogue is between her and his friend. Oh, I can't remember his name.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either.
1: I don't think they even say it much in this issue. They they mentioned it before when uh, when Hulk saves him from the the van when he's tied up in in the car.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah,
1: it, you're really just following them this entire story, right? Like he's the Hulk is sitting down and eating, and then. They're talking to the other people that live in the house and just chatting along about the Hulk. You know what I mean? So it just, yeah, it doesn't feel like the Hulk is the main character.
0: I think this is also why I had a really hard time reading Man-Thing. Man-Thing, it's it's a fairly critically acclaimed comic by Steve Gerber. Or I think it's Gerber, not Gerber. But um I, I just could not get into it because the man thing is um, he's mute right He doesn't talk and right. granted there were some great stories in there and some great writing. but I, I just I'd rather read a comic about a protagonist that I care about, you know so right. whatever for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that I
1: think that it can work having uh, the like the, the title character being, Mute, or you know, or like the Hulk. It, I I don't think that I would mind as much that the Hulk wasn't the main character if they gave me a compelling, fun story for the other characters.
0: Sure. Or and at at least, I think, like with with a TV show where Bruce Banner or David Banner is the main character, right? And the Hulk only comes out once in a while, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But I guess yeah, this. I agree. Is, yeah, this is aimed at a younger audience, so they figure kids want to see the Hulk more, right? So.
1: Right. Yeah. And And maybe that's why too the the story these stories didn't work as well for me than the Captain America ones. Sure, is because because they maybe they were just so restricted f- uh, bec- from having to keep Bruce Banner as the Hulk the entire time. Sure. yeah, that it restricted what the story itself could do.
0: and, yeah, and how they I could agree. write the dialogue. And, and I think what it comes down to is that's why at the end of the day, I can read any bad issue of spider-man because peter parker is always in it you know yeah i can always relate to peter parker so you know even if the story and the art are exactly as good as another comic peter parker's in it so that just makes it better Mm -hmm. to me um i just want to say one more thing because um quasar is making his last appearance actually sorry marvel man is making his last appearance on page uh page nine original is page seven so he's yep. talking to these guys, and he's walking away, and blah blah blah. And he's like, "As a matter of fact, I've got to fly east for my next assignment anyway. I'm working <laughs> security on a new energy facility. Oh, Project Pegasus—that's the one, Quarderman. In any—in that case, Marvel Man, good luck with your new assignment. And then he says, "Thanks, but if we meet again, call me by my new code name." call me quasar and so here we go this is where he becomes quasar and then of course they have one of those little uh captions at the bottom be watching Marvel 2 and one for his next appearance al
1: awesome yeah, I love it that's great yeah yep. it's a really fun panel uh really great action pose of him flying to you know up to the sky yep yeah it's a that was a really fun uh part and then and then later on we see we actually see almost the same at the same moment him flying away in the cityscape from somebody else's point of view.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I even noticed. Yeah, I, notice yeah, it was yeah, really I fun. forgot about that Doc Samson looking up. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun.
0: So, honestly, again, it's like the only other thing I have to say about this, this issue is the ridiculousness of the Hulk <laughs> being a dinner guest at this dorm or whatever this yeah. is. It's, it's awesome, but... I don't know, maybe at this point they kind of just embraced the absurdity of the character and were kind of just running with that. But right. he wasn't like, I mean, in the early days by Stanley and Jack Kirby, he was a little bit more tragic. He was a little bit more tragic later on and sometimes mm-hmm. he was in space. But at this point, I think they're almost playing him for laughs. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it does kind of seem like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just the, the idea of um, him sitting down in this like family's house uh-huh. eating eating all their food and like trashing the place kind of seems like a funny premise that they came up with and they wanted to write a comic around it because not a whole lot else happens to the hulk in this issue besides no. him coming over for dinner so it really felt like you know they were sitting around like hey what would it be like if you invited the hulk over for for dinner and that's where these kind of like gags and story lines come from Sure. Yeah. So, because it, it, really, yeah, that's that's the only thing that really happens to the
0: Hulk. And you know what? I gotta say, if this was a Marvel movie, that's, I'll give Marvel credit for one thing. That's something they would do in the movies because it is kind of funny. For sure. The, the fish out of water to show Marvel to show the Hulk as a dinner guest that someone tells it. it's ridiculous, but it's fun, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I think I think the difference too though is that. Um they play it off well in the the MCU sure in, yes. the, in the movies like they 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 do come up with some like ridiculous premises but then there's usually always a really good explanation for why that's happening yeah i mean even down to what if thor just gave up in i guess spoilers for end game i don't know <laughs> how how far uh uh, away from its release we're we're allowed to talk about spoilers yeah but, I don't
0: like spo- I don't like spoiling plot points but that's sort of like not really a major plot yeah twist, right? that's but, true
1: but uh we we lear- we are first introduced to Thor in the the movie after he's kind of let himself go and he's no longer this mighty god he's this like uh overweight dude that's eating junk food playing video games right so that's kind of a fun what if sure that they I think played off pretty well in the movie and, and at least, at least gave a good reason as to why it happened. Mm-hmm. And then they and gave him funny, a good redemption arc by the end. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So in conclusion to this comic, again, I don't have much to say about it. I did enjoy reading it. Right. I guess the question is, do we recommend this comic and would we want to read more? Right. What do you think? Um, I don't think
1: that I would tell anybody not to read this comic. Okay. But I I don't think it would be the like one of the first comics that would come to mind to recommend to anybody.
0: Yeah, I uh, as long as you go in knowing exactly what you're getting, it's definitely fun and Right. I, I'm not I'm not like waiting on bated breath to read more, but I certainly mm-hmm. would read more. I, I got to be honest, yeah, it did sort of tip me more in the direction of wanting to read more Hulk of this era but I, I don't have a burning desire to do so you know right. what I, mean? I
1: I think that honestly after reading this third issue I'm more excited to see what Quasar is going to be doing with Project Pegasus wow
0: well, good because we have more of those coming up <laughs> uh, soon we'll be uh, finding out what happens to Quasar um, so the, in that sense then Marvel did do its job right yeah I think so they sucked you in with uh, Quasar's reference to Project, Project <laughs> Pegasus, and now we want to find out what happens next. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, um, again, Roger Stern, decent writer. Well, I shouldn't say decent. He's a good writer. Sal Sema, one of my favorite Marvel mm-hmm. artists. Uh, kind of a strange era from the, for the Hulk. Um, not my favorite era, but definitely a lot of fun. I'll say yeah. that. So that's it. I think we're done for today. And Yeah, sounds good. More Quasar Quinology fun is uh, coming soon. And also you and I will be uh, doing our uh, Spidey podcast, which might already be, you know, uploaded by the time this airs. So who knows? Right. Maybe, we can, maybe we'll maybe we cut this part out. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, okay, I think that's
1: it. I think we can wrap this one up. Great. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me again. And yeah. Uh... Can't wait to read more about Project Pegasus and jump back into Spidey.
0: Well, perfect timing, Josh, because next week we're gonna be reviewing Marvel 2-in-1 number 53 to number 58, featuring The Thing teamed up with Quasar, Black Goliath, Aquarian, Wundar, as well as a bunch of other heroes. All right, we'll see you then.